This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From MGMA, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. Do I need to sell my practice? Do I need to join up with a hospital system? Do I need to just close my doors or am I going to have to file bankruptcy? That's Katie Nunn talking about financial distress in a medical practice. We'll hear more from Katie later in the show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Can't make it to New Orleans? Let us simplify the annual conference experience by delivering premier content to your home or office with MGMA 19 Live. This online event includes 12 of our top sessions, as well as three exclusive sessions all streamed live. Join us for content that can start improving your team's performance right now. For more information, visit mgma.com slash online. Remaining financially efficient and maximizing profits is a problem every medical practice faces. The obvious culprit for many practices is poor revenue cycle management. But other factors include staffing issues and poorly designed office space, as well as out-of-date technology, among others. Just as having a chronic cough doesn't mean you have lung cancer, you'll want to have it evaluated to make sure. And having chronic revenue inefficiencies in your practice doesn't mean you're in financial distress, but you want to examine your bottom line to keep your practice out of financial peril. Our guest today is Katie Nunn. Katie has been in the healthcare industry for 20 years as a practice administrator and now as a consultant. And she's here to talk about how to spot the signs and symptoms of financial distress and to offer diagnosis and treatment options. Katie, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, if you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about your background in healthcare and what you're focusing on these days. Sure. So I have worked in the private practice um, medical management side for about 20 years, and I have a MBA and, of course, a CMPE. Um, I've worked for several different specialties, all different sizes, as small as a startup practice to as large as 50 providers. Um, Now I'm working as a healthcare management consultant, and so I work with all different types of medical practices. Um, many of them are have some sort of a struggle that they're dealing with, um, something similar to financial distress, like we're going to talk about. Um, other people might be looking for help launching a new service line or adding an ancillary service to their practice. So I can help them with any kind of anything in between any of those aspects. Right. Now, what led you to healthcare in the first place? Was there anything that sparked your interest in that as a career? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I 
when I was in college, I actually thought that I wanted to be a physician assistant. And I was working, um, I was always just kind of intrigued by the by science and um, healthcare seemed to be a good fit for that. Um, and I was working in a small dermatology practice, well, medium-sized dermatology practice, trying to get my clinical hours um, to become a, to, to apply to physician assistant school. And I fell into the management side and really liked it and had a knack for it. And I never looked back. Now, I, I know that you you uh, had mentioned talking about financial distress in medical practices earlier. And first of all, I mean, it might sound obvious, but describe to us or just define for us what you mean by financial distress. Sure. So um, I would describe financial distress as just, you know, anything from not being able to pay your bills or make ends meet each month, um, having cash flow problems, or the most distressing scenario is when a practice owner isn't able to pay themselves after they pay all the other expenses that they have. Right. And uh, now our audience is made up of uh practice administrators and other healthcare professionals. So they, this may really resonate with them, but to some people, and and I've never worked in a medical practice, it just seems shocking, you know, that you can be a a medical practice and, and be bringing in, in some cases, millions of dollars and then be on the, be, be kind of upside down there on your finances. What are some of the symptoms? Why, what are some of the reasons why this happens? Yeah, so I have been surprised by this as well as I've gotten into the consulting world. I knew that there was probably a lot of practices out there that needed help and that could be doing better than they were, but I was surprised at how many physicians I've been meeting that are in this this exact scenario. And it is for uh, numerous different reasons. It's It's Every time I go to a different practice, there's um, it's not just one thing that seems to be driving it. Um, and so there's a lot of different things that a practice has to look at in order to kind of stay out of the financial distress scenario. Are there any particular specialties or types of practices that seem to struggle with financial distress or financial situations more than another? Or are they all... Uh, in that same boat together? Yeah, I think that size matters. Um, I think that the smaller the practice is, the less room for error that they have. And because they don't have as many resources and um, they don't have the shared overhead that they can spread out amongst a, a larger practice. But you also see it with larger practices too, because a large practice can have like a big contract that they lose or that they have a large CMS audit um, that could be devastating to cash flow. And it might not get them to the point where they have to think about shutting their doors, but it could still mean that, you know, the owner's income takes a big drop in a year, which can be distressing to a group that's used to being able to have a certain income level. So it certainly happens to the bigger groups. It's just that it might not mean that they have to think about closing their doors, but um, it, it could still be pretty stressful. 
how do those conversations start? So when a, a practice approaches you, they need some they need some outside expertise. Give us an idea of what they're talking to you about and, and where they see some pain points before you can help them uh, solve it. Sure. So um, I think that the first thing that everybody thinks of if, if a practice is having financial problems is the billing and the revenue cycle. But it seems like, and that is certainly very important and can be a source of problems, but I've seen situations where it's more than that. Um, so some things that you might see are employees that are unhappy, complaining, calling out, leaving, you know, really high turnover rates, um, office space that is really outdated or in bad areas that um, just hasn't had any attention paid, you know, paid to it over, you know, maybe they've had a long-term lease and they've never really updated anything and it's kind of a turnoff to patients. And so it's slowly kind of in decline. Um, you could also have providers that aren't working enough. I mean, the, the providers are the, the revenue generator. And so if they're not seeing enough patients or, um, not working enough hours, then, all the overhead tends to get away from them. Um, maybe they don't have enough new patients coming in because they're you know, not marketing or they don't have a website. I've been surprised to see so many of these small doc practices that are kind of, have been around for a long time and they don't have any websites. So they don't have any visibility. And that's how the newer generations are finding their providers. And if they don't have a website, they won't even consider them as an option. And then there's other issues that could happen like cash flow problems, um, fraud um, and theft, audits from government payers, um, accounts payable growing, and that, that's all kind of on the revenue side of things. Um, but those are definitely some of the things that you can see as warning signs. Sure. And you and I were talking offline, just getting to know each other a few weeks back when we kind of stumbled onto this topic. Uh, I was right. just getting to know you, uh, figure out what kind of consulting work you were involved in. And, and you said this had just kind of uh, uh, emerged in your work with uh, different practices. Walk me through that. I mean, at what point you, so you were meeting with some different practices and you kind of saw some recurring theme of uh, financial distress. Walk me through that a little bit. Sure. So um, I started talking to a practice that was a startup and they were 18 months into their, their startup and they kind of thought that as soon as they opened their doors, the patients would come in, but their visibility wasn't that high. And so they were really struggling because the patients weren't coming in. And so, you know, we had to circle the wagons and try to figure out, you know, why, you know, I mean, everybody kind of in healthcare knows that we have a provider shortage. So it seems to make sense that you would open your doors and the patients would flood in, but they have to be able to find you. Right. So that was um, one situation where it was a, they were really in financial crisis and we've had to do marketing in order to help um, fix that, that crisis. Um, other practices are established, but just have, you know, the small smaller practices tend to be a little bit more prone to this because 
um, if they have a, a blip or an issue, it's um, a little bit harder for them to rebound from it. But the smaller practices, you know, nobody's manning the ship necessarily either. They might have some employees, but not anybody that has the ability to like really look at financials and figure out what's going on from month to month and notice trends if they're having any trends in the downward direction. So, and the, the doctor or the providers are busy seeing patients and so they're not paying attention. One practice I saw had an issue where they were um, billing Medicare, well, they were billing all their insurance companies at a rate that was lower than what Medicare pays. So if for ever, most people in the medical management world know this, but if you bill um, any insurance payer, they pay you the less the lesser of your charge or what the contractual amount is. So if they their contractual amount is $120, but you bill them 100, then they're going to pay you 100. So she was underbilling for everything. And so just by fixing her fee schedule, she was able to get a big raise. And so that was like really low hanging fruit. And it was kind of hard for me to believe that that was something that could be a problem out there, but I actually saw it. Right. And I wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned earlier. So we were talking about, you know, defining financial distress. And I wanted to approach that again, because it's just such a common phrase in medical practices to have, quote, practice efficiency. And uh, so What's the difference then between financial distress and just a, a practice that's not working on all cylinders? You know, it has some practice sure. inefficiency. So let's just kind of go over those two together and kind of set the stage for our audience. Sure. So as I would see that would be a, a practice that's not um, feeling efficient would be um, that, you know, patients might be frustrated because they have to wait too long or they the the doctors are um, running behind all the time and they they or they spend their entire clinic seeing the patients and at the end of the day they still have hours and hours of paperwork to do so they're you know reaching burnout phase um, those are the kinds of things that I feel like are inefficiencies and and maybe the the providers aren't making as much money as they feel like they should be or that they know that they have colleagues that are in the same specialty that are making more and they're not, and they don't know why, that would be like an, an inefficiency. The financial distress would be a practice that's struggling so much that they're considering, do I need to sell my practice? Do I need to um, you know, join up with a hospital system? Do I need to just close my doors or am I gonna have to file bankruptcy? So you know, much more serious scenario. When you're meeting with someone then and you're going over uh, their situation, is that some of the advice that you're you're consulting them on on what their future is and kind of doing that fact-finding mission uh, to figure right. out what they need to do? Yeah, so we would, um, what I've been doing is kind of uh, starting off with like a practice assessment and doing a head-to-toe um, physical exam, if you will, of the, the practice and figuring out what's going on looking at their finances and in detail, looking at their you know, past couple of years and, and seeing if you can identify trends um, or 
you know, things that pop out as far as like, oh, well, this could be part of your problem, looking at their billing um, and seeing if there's trends there that could be contributing to um, financial problems, and then trying to come up with a plan. Like, so, okay, here we are, and then this is where we want to be, and is is there a way that we can get there, and how long will it take, and what, how much, because that's often that you have to put some money into it in order to get to, to being profitable, and so trying to figure out if those avenues are possible or not. Mm-hmm. Now, you can, if you don't mind, walk us through a scenario then when you've, you've worked with a practice. What does that first meeting look like? And then proceed, uh, you know, the next steps on what you need to do and then what the practice needs to do as well. And I know each key case can be different, but if you don't mind give us, giving us an, a real world example so we can get a better feeling for this. Sure. So um, I'll use that example of the, the practice that was just underbilling. Um, so I met with them to do their um, practice assessment and spent um, a day with them. And it's, it's a small office. So, you know, the larger the practice, the more time you have to spend kind of digging in. But if it's small, you can usually get your arms around it pretty quickly. So I met with them and kind of looked over their their systems and observed what life was like in the office. And once I noticed that issue with the um, fee schedule, I went home that evening and adjusted their fee schedule and got it, put it into their practice management system the next day because it was like, I don't think I could have gone to sleep that night Mm -hmm, (laughs) knowing that mm -hmm. it was still like that because that was just such an easy fix that was going to make a really big difference um, at the end of the month. Um, But then there's, there was more, of course, it wasn't like that was going to be the, the end. So then we, we talk about, okay, these are the, these are the, the other things that I see the office space wasn't necessarily the best or, or conducive to being a, a, a medical office. It was more like a an office that they had just kind of made work for their needs. So that's like a goal, right? We need to like get into a real space. They needed a website. They needed to um, do some marketing, get her her name out there. And she also had the habit of running but really far behind. So online reviews looked really bad because a lot of people go online to complain and say this provider runs behind all the time and it's makes me feel like I'm not valuable or that she doesn't appreciate or value my time. So those are things we have to work on and it takes a lot of time, but it's they're all things that you can change and you can make better. Right. Now how does a practice then uh, acknowledge or become aware of the warning signs? Because again, I'm going back to that, oh, it's a practice inefficiency. Let's just staff this better or add in this new technology, something like that versus we've got a real problem here. We need to figure something out. So what do they need to be on the alert for and sure. and, and be aware of? Right. Um, so I think that um, all those things that we talked about, like, you know, employees that are unhappy, office space that's, you know, not working, all, those are all the kinds of things that could lead to it and that you need to be aware of. But then as far as 
looking at numbers and those kinds of things, that's the important part is to recognize and understand. So you need to be tracking key performance indicators each month, at least some. I mean, if you're a small practice, you're not going to spend, you know, hours and hours each month looking over your financials, but you need to look at your financials every month. I would hazard to guess that a lot of these practices never look at them because it's not stuff that they understand. And so you have to have a few things that you're tracking every month. And then when you see discrepancies, you have to understand what, why is that happening? Because maybe there's a good reason for it, but maybe there's not. And you just can't take the ostrich with its head in the sand approach because um, then you're going to wind up with a bigger problem than you can maybe deal with. And so it's another way to think about it is um, the only way that you know you don't have high blood pressure is that you have your blood pressure checked, right? Um, so <laughs> you can't assume that you don't have a financial problem if you're not checking on it regularly. Now, we've been talking about all the all the problems uh, financially with the practice, but let's talk about success now. So walk us through what a success story looks like. So you've, uh, perhaps if you have an example you could give us in the real world where you've walk somebody through all the issues that they need to address and uh, kind of the before and after picture of that. Sure. So um, I have a practice that I'm working with that um, when I first started talking to them, I think that they were trying to decide if it was time to just shut the doors and walk away and uh, feeling kind of hopeless. And when we met, we did a practice assessment. We kind of figured out what the issues were, um, where we needed to address concerns. And we came up with a plan and we did a financial pro forma. And this is a, a really like a five-year plan, but I think that it was the most financial, the, the most in-depth financial performer that had been done with this practice probably ever. And it really, you know, gave them like, okay, this, there is hope here. We can make this work because there was, you know, things that could be done, marketing, you know, adding providers, uh, adding appropriate staff. That was all things that we could do that would turn the tide and get the practice to be profitable again. But it was just so overwhelming and so hard to imagine that you could ever make it work that they just couldn't get energized to, you know, put their heads down and work hard and get through the hard time. So they're going to get to the point where they're actually profitable probably before the end of the year. And that is huge because the, the options were shutting the doors and possibly filing bankruptcy. Now, you had made a nice uh, comparison earlier that it's almost like uh, a physical. You know, you're taking right. a, you're basically taking a holistic view of the practice. Where are the pain points? Where where is it efficient? Can we improve on that efficiency, or you know, kind of correct the issues that are going on? And so, I wanted to go back to something you had sent us in an email. You said uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, that really is a great turn of phrase and just wanted you to, um, to expand on that a little bit. Give us an idea of, hey, there, again, there might be some inefficiencies here, but what can we do, not wait till, uh, 
we're, we're sinking, so to speak, but uh, let's go ahead and, and be on the offense and, and do some great work ahead uh, before things go south. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, we're, healthcare providers are telling patients all the time that they need to be doing preventative health screenings, right? And because early detection is a key to a lot of the diseases, um, so we're constantly preaching, you know, get your mammogram, get your colonoscopy, because these are like life-saving tests or can be. Um, well, I kind of look at having a practice assessment done as um, something that a seemingly healthy practice should have done on a periodic basis. So every couple of years, have an independent third party come in and do a practice assessment of your your medical practice and make sure that everything seems to be in order. Um, so even if you have a seemingly healthy practice, then you can do that. Or if you have an issue that you can't understand, um, or you can't, like you have a, you know, uh, you know, the income seems to be going down and you can't, you don't know why, or you can't understand why, then it's a good idea to bring um, somebody in and practice assessment is a good place to start. And you can always start with um, you know, if you have an, a, most practices have an, an accountant and, and an attorney, and those are good people to start with and talk to and see if they have resources. They might not be the right person to actually you know, dig in and do the work for you, but they would, they might know of um, good resources to use to have an assessment done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thought, and it, when you're talking about financial distress, I can't help but think of the last part of that second word and it's stress. And when you're sure. in the middle of that, you know, you're, you're in the eye of the hurricane, you are hurting and it's, it's a very stressful situation. And, uh, we already, or it's well documented about burnout at, at medical practices. And so sure. you've already got so much on your mind and you're just fighting and fighting to get through each day. And this is one more thing like, okay, now how do we, fight our way or work our way out of this problem. So what is that advice you give someone who's in that situation? How do you just kind of try to simplify it and get down to the base component so they can just sort of get their head above water and then start, then start working from there? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's all about having a plan and um, that's, you know, a kind of a basic business concept. Most most businesses need or should should have a business plan, but medical practices, you know, in in the past, it was you go out there and hang your shingle and you were going to make money, right? So, I think the days of that are gone because healthcare is so complicated now. It's it's you need to have a plan and having that plan and then following your plan, you know, you might need to make adjustments along the way, but I think that's just good business practice. And it also kind of helps alleviate some of that stress. And then having somebody that you can offload some of this stuff to, like if you do bring in a consultant or a manager, somebody that you can trust to help you get things moving in the right direction. It's just, then the provider, the doctor, whoever it is, can go back to treating patients and not having to worry about, are they going to be able to make rent next month? Katie Nunn, CEO of Bright Ideas Medical Consulting, thanks for sharing these insights today. 
Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to MGMA Live for sponsoring today's show. Also, thanks to our guest, Katie Nunn. You can learn more insights on financial management at MGMA's annual conference, October 13th through 16th in New Orleans. Did you miss early bird registration? Don't worry, we have you covered. Use the code POD200 while registering and save $200. Visit mgma.com slash bigeasy19 for more information and to register for the conference. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. We love hearing from listeners about the show. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. MGMA Insights is presented by Craig Weberg, Rob Ketchum, Declan McGee, and I'm Daniel Williams. Thanks for listening. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com slash analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com slash analytics today.